Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. Here's our host, Jeff Baker, with this week's interview. Hello, everybody! It is February 1st, 2023, and you're listening to TTM Cast 101. That's right, Drew. It's TTM Cast 101. It's your first time to be on the show. We had our first show last week. This is going to be our weekly Wednesday show featuring interviews from people in the hobby, collectors, former athletes, uh, and kind of anyone else we can get to talk to. All right, Drew? Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> my name is Jeff Baker. I am the host of your pro- this program, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Drew Pelto. Drew Pelto is in from Dallas, Texas. Hey, Drew. Hey, good to be here as always. Yeah, we have a fun, really fun show for you today. Drew, why don't you let people know where they can find you on YouTube? Of course, just go to youtube.com slash dfwgraffer. You can find me there. I try to post up a video every week of whatever I get by mail in person. Most have been in person here lately. And uh, well, hopefully we get some mail this week because I don't have any in-person stuff planned until we uh, get into about April or so. <laughs> That's your forte. You are the in-person king. So that's that's too bad. Well, hey, guys, uh, we have a really fun show for you. Uh, I interviewed Scott Wright. Scott is co-founder of a, an app. It's called NextGem, N-E-X-T-G-M. It's a free app, and it's kind of um, part marketplace, part place where you can show off your collection. And it's a real fun social app. It's free to use. And we're going to talk to Scott about his brand new. It's not brand new. It's been around for about a year. His app, It's uh, I've used it. It's called NextGem. We're going to talk to Scott Wright who's co-founder of NextGym. That is going to be our interview today. Drew has been all over the place getting autographs left and right. He, he's got uh, XFL autographs he's been getting and Texas Rangers autographs he's been getting. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't even hit minor league baseball yet. So Drew Drew is the man in terms of getting autographs. Uh, but we'll, we're going to talk a little about that. We'll talk some uh, news of the week so far. So let's get right into batting leadoff, Drew. Why don't you give, it a, give us a, a little introduction? leading off um <laughs> i don't know i don't know what to go with here i'm, I'm, I'm like um oh, geez what do i go with for my intro here um leading off we've got some info on les wolf smart collectors turn to sports collectors daily to stay up to date from new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block news from inside the business of sports collectibles and much more sports collectors daily has it all with no subscription cost sc daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on ebay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there's always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. There you go. Th- thank you, Drew. <laughs> guys, batting lead off. There we go. We have uh, just m- make sure you guys check out my article on Les Wolf in uh, Sports Collectors Digest this month. It just got posted, uh, I think, last week. Make sure you check that out. Les is, of course, a great correspondent for the show, and we will have him on Saturday. And Drew's now an author. Yep, I've uh, put, started putting pen to paper here once again. Uh, Sports Collectors Daily got with them and uh, just did an article looking back on 20 years now because. Uh, I mentioned on the show, I think a while back there, that uh, January 20th of 2003 
was my first day really going out and being kind of a serious in-person grapher for the first time. Cause I had done some stuff here and there like, you know, getting autographs at card shows, getting me at a couple ball games here and there. But that day in uh, January of 2023, January 20th was my first time going out and being like, all right, well, what places can I go to that, you know, the average John Q public wouldn't know about. And so uh started doing hotels not long after that. And that first day was out to a uh, Boston Bruins pregame as the players were making their way to the arena. And it went disastrously, but that was what kicked everything off at least. And uh, well, here I am 20 years later. And so wrote an article kind of doing a, a little recap and a recounting of 20 years in the hobby. You can check that out at Sports Collectors Daily. Do you remember, did you bring a puck? Did you bring cards to get signed photos? What what would you have? I just did cards. While I was home for spring break, I went through all of my cards through every NHL team's roster. And I pulled out at least, I think I pulled like one card of every active player that I could possibly find. Players, coaches, broadcasters, anybody like that. And I just took all those with me, just one card of every player. And I mean, obviously I've since uh, expanded on that just a little bit there, but uh, yeah, I went through what I had and figured out, okay, well, let's see what we can do here. And yeah, I mean, by the end of the uh, season there, I think I got about two or 300 cards signed. Uh, that first day I just had a Hal Gill card that I got signed and that was about it. Uh, had stuff for all the other Bruins players, but yeah, nobody, uh, either they, either I never saw them or the two that I did see didn't sign. Did, do you think auto, in-person autographs uh, has changed in 20 years in terms of uh, dealing with the, the teams and having access to the players? Oh, big time. I mean, uh, even from city to city, it can change quite a bit because uh, when I first moved down to the Dallas area here, there was like no access to any of the hotels at all. Whereas up in Boston, I get around to all of them pretty easily. And even that I heard has changed a bit in Boston. Um, occasionally you can get to a few in Dallas, but it's very rare. So yeah, I haven't really done any hotel graphing, even getting players at practices, the stars have cut off access to the players at, uh, at any of their practices. So yeah, it has really changed a lot. It's not what it used to be. And even then I remember people complaining early on then that, Oh, it's not what it used to be even 20 years before that. So yeah, it's, uh, it changes a lot every, uh, just all the time. And sometimes you don't even notice it changing until you look back and go, Oh my God, wow. That was different back then. Yeah. I mean, I think you would agree that an autograph has become a commodity, right? For the player, Mm -hmm. for the team and, and now for the fans. So I think they're, you know, when we were doing it back 20 years ago, it was uh, we were doing it because we love the sport. We love, you know, we love the chase, not necessarily trying to make money off it. But I think the players are a little hesitant because people are making money off their autographs through uh, eBay and the Internet and, and, you know, all the card shows. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I mean, you even see a TTM. I mean, Mario Lemieux stopped signing for quite a while, then suddenly started up again. But he was signing everything in teal and purple. And the reason he did that was he could see he could see what he was signing was going up immediately onto eBay. And it was a high enough percentage of it. He said, nope, I'm done once again. It hasn't signed by mail ever since. Yeah, it's too bad. Hey, uh, did you watch any of the, the playoffs this past weekend, any of the football playoffs? I did, yeah. I uh, kind of fell asleep during the Philadelphia game there, but watched the uh, AFC game after that. But, yeah, I mean, a couple of, uh, couple of really great games there. Aren't you glad you're not a Bengals fan? Yeah, but I mean, hey, that the, the that hit that that late hit had to be called as far as I'm concerned. So I mean, the the linebacker's no one to blame but himself on that. I agree, but the I think the refereeing for that game was atrocious. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of went both ways. There were a lot. The Bengals got a lot of kind of generous spots that I saw in there too. So it seemed like the bigger calls went went to went the Chiefs' way. But yeah, I mean, it was it was bad across the board. All right. Well, of course, we're talking. We have Kansas City and Philly in the Super Bowl in two weeks. So we have no football this week. But I thought it'd be good just to quickly look at some of the players' uh, values have that you think have increased as a result of being uh, in the playoffs and now into the Super Bowl. Uh, for Kansas City and Philly, is there anyone that, that has kind of jumped in your eyes? 
Jalen Hurts to me has to be the biggest name. I mean, anytime you can lead a team to a Super Bowl as a quarterback, it's only going to help you. And if he has a big game in the Super Bowl there, if he if the Eagles win it, if he's MVP, anything like that, Jalen Hurts is the big name to watch out for, as far as I'm concerned. How, how about Travis Kelsey? Do you think his value can increase if, say, he scores three touchdowns and is the MVP? Absolutely, yeah. Kelsey's another big one to watch for. Tight ends don't have the same uh, kind of hobby gravitas that a quarterback does, but I think there's a lot of room there on Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I don't think Patrick Mahomes can go anywhere else, right? Right? He's he's he he is he's basically in goat territory. You know, he he it doesn't matter what he does in the game. Would you agree? Yeah, his ceiling is not much above where he's at right now. I mean, it's he still has plenty he can still do yet, but yeah, I don't think I don't see much of a ceiling above him right now. Do you think any of the wide receivers for Philly have a shot if someone you know if they if they get they have a three touchdown hundred and fifty yard game? Do you think you know Smith or, or or Brown will see increase in their in their cards? I think you could. I think Devontae Smith is the big one to watch out for. He's the big wild card among those guys. I mean, he's a Heisman winner right there, first round draft pick, and you've had what two Heisman winners who have also been Super Bowl MVPs. He would be joining elite territory right there as a third one if he uh, has a really huge game if he gets named MVP. So, yeah, he's the big one out of those. But aside from him, I don't see it. Just uh, running backs, wide receivers, they tend to have some little spikes in value here and there, but they don't really have the kind of long-term value that the quarterbacks have. I agree. I, I would, And I think all the uh, guys from the losing teams, I think the one guy that solidified his status was Joe Burrow. I think Burrow, uh, even though they didn't win, I think he kind of solidified his status in, 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 as a hobby uh I don't know, not God, but a hot, you know, a hot hobby guy. Would you agree? Yes. I mean, anytime that he led them, I mean, he brought them back from how far were they down? They were down what 10 or 13 early on. Yeah. Brought them back to tie. They may even take the lead at some point there when he was when uh with with him leading the way. But yeah, anytime you can have a big showing like that in a championship game, win or lose, when you're a guy like Burrow, who's only in what his like third year at this point. Third year, yeah. He has so much ahead of him and he is really solidifying that uh, status right there. I think Purdy from San Francisco took a little hit, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks that he got injured. And, you know, it's really no fault of his own for taking for, uh, you know, taking a bit of a hit in the hobby there because of it. But again, I mean, he's a guy who, he's really got to prove himself next year. I mean, there have been so many guys who have had a great first year and then they just disappear again. I mean, two words, Jeff Blake. He had, you know, a couple of huge games there early on in his career and never solidified Mac Jones. at all. Yeah, Mac, Mac Jones. Jones right there. There you go. Yeah, I mean. So, you've, I mean, I think he's put himself in a really good position right now to potentially have, you know, he can really solidify himself next year, but he could Mac Jones it as well. We don't know. Yeah. Hey, we lost a, a great one. We lost the Golden Jet. We lost Bobby Hall, who, of course, played for the Chicago Blackhawks. He played for the Winnipeg Jets. He actually played for the Hartford Whalers. I forgot about that. He played about 10 games in his last year. Uh, he was 84 years old. He was a consistent signer, right? Would you say consistent signer through the mail and, and uh there's a lot of Bobby Hall autographs out there. Yeah. So over the, especially over the last 15 years or so, because I remember I tried mailing to him back around, it was either the late nineties or early two thousands and uh, Hull and Esposito and a lot of Blackhawks alumni had some real major issues with the, uh, with the words family with uh, William words, Bill words, the team owner in Chicago there. And after Bill words died and Rocky took over and the rest of the words family, Hull and Esposito, all of them started opening right back up again, started signing a whole lot. And yeah, Hull signed for me a few times by mail. He was great in person from what I've heard all the time. And he was my dad's favorite player when my dad was a kid. So yeah, it's a, it's a huge loss for the hockey world. Yeah. I only have one card signed by him. I have a, it's a 1970, 71 
goals card with Esposito and um, Johnny Busick signed it. So I oh, yeah. signed by the three of them. I got that uh, TTM. I think I think I sent twenty five dollars because near the end, near the end he was charging twenty five bucks. Um, who, how many? You have a couple things signed by him. Yeah, I have. Uh, he's in two of the sets that I'm doing. He's in the uh, 0102 Topso PG Archives set, and he's in the 0203 Flair Throwback set. And what I love about those ones is he signed his jersey number from the year that he was playing on those teams. Because he's obviously everybody knows him as number nine. He has number nine retired by the, uh, I think it's by Winnipeg, maybe by Phoenix as well, since you know he played uh, Winnipeg, moved to Phoenix. Yeah, has a, has it retired by the Blackhawks? But his first year he wore 16. And for like his second, third, fourth years, a couple of years, at least early on there, he wore number seven before he switched to nine. And the two, those two uh, set cards right there, he signed the uh, archives one as a number 16. So he wore 16 that year. He signed the uh, archive or the uh, throwbacks one with the number seven on it as well. And then I've gotten him on a few other items where he signed them with his regular number nine on there. And uh, I mailed off at the same time a photo to him, asking him, hey, would you mind signing this for my dad? It was for what was my dad's 60th birthday at that time. And about a week before my dad's birthday, it gets sent back to me from Hull with this big happy 60th birthday, Hal, Bobby Hull, Hall of Fame, 1983 on. It's like, that just came out perfectly. So That's I have I gotten him yeah. before, and yeah, I still have uh, still have those here. I mean, he he, he certainly is in the top five uh, players that were still with us before he passed. So, uh, yeah. you know, he he had that that extra, right? He had the extra yes. zing. He was he was certainly a great. So, uh, you know, he, he is going to be missed. Uh, just a, a news of note here uh, from National. All the Super VIP and all access Super VIP packages have sold out. So the, the National is, what are we, six months away, right? Yeah. Five months away. And um, the, the you know the the super VIP and all access super VIP packages have sold out. So if you plan on getting to the national and you want to get one of the packages, uh, you know I'd start thinking about it now because I think the hobby is still viable. I think it's been uh, I think the national is going to be a busy show and uh, being in Chicago and uh, you know it don't don't get don't get shut out if you make your last minute decision to go to the national. It's hard to get packages, right, Joe? Yes, it absolutely is. <laughs> Well, Drew, you know, we always get, you and I always get this question asked, and we've covered it a couple times on the show, but I thought this was a good venue to to talk about it at, at length a little. And I'm talking about, of course, mailing to other countries. You you mail to all sorts of different uh, countries around the world, and you are the expert in this. So um, I thought, one, I'm going to, I'm going to hand it over to you, and why don't you, why don't you, you uh, tell people how they can mail to other countries and what they need? Well, the great thing about mailing over to other countries is that so much of it is the same as just keeping it domestic. I mean, you're going to write your letter, you're going to put in a self-addressed, your cards, and you're going to put in a self-addressed stamped envelope. The tough part that you have out of all this, though, is that postage on that self-addressed stamped envelope. And so uh, that's what I'm hoping to give uh, give people some advice on here. So uh, the great thing is also, it usually doesn't cost too much. I mean, you're going to be looking at, if you're just sending cards out, for example, in the U.S., you can send, uh, what, four cards, letter, self-addressed stamped envelope, 63 cents for postage on there. If you look at, I, well, what I do is I pick 20, about 24, 25 countries here, and I kind of looked up and see, okay, what does their postage cost? And you can send four cards with no problem. And the highest price that I saw on any of them was for Denmark. You're going to have to get a stamp for a 36 Danish krone, and that's going to come out to $5.26 American. So that's pretty high that's right. right there. Yeah, that's pretty high for, for yeah. a letter. Yeah, but the good news is, though, that's about as high as it gets. You're not going to see any of that any higher. Most of them, it's going to be under $3. I think the only other one, the top $3, was uh, Norway's, $3.50. And 
there frankly aren't very many people in the big four sports in America from either Denmark or Norway. So uh, right, maybe maybe a hockey player here or there, right? Yeah, exactly. You've got like Espen Knutsen, former uh, former Columbus Blue Jackets, over in Norway. Um, Denmark. You've got soccer players that are from Denmark, and but that's about it. So uh, good thing is for any countries that you're going to be sending off to um, most in the big big sports like that, you've got Canada. It costs a Canadian dollar thirty cent dollar thirty stamp, which is ninety eight cents American right there at the current exchange rate. You've got even Australia is a kind of a higher one. Even that's only going to be two dollars and forty seven cents. So it's going to be kind of tough. You have to be able to calculate out what the cost is going to be of the stamp that you need and being able to get those stamps. But check online. Uh, you can always check, you know, the country's postal services. Just, you know, look up like Australia Post or, you know, Italy Post or whatever like that. And usually they have English translations on there. If not, go through the Google Translate and they'll be able to run you a good translation of all that stuff. You should be able to buy stamps through their site. Uh, it'll take a little extra to pay for it and everything because you have to have it you know, shipped internationally to you to get the stamp. Um, it might take a little while to do so, but you can usually buy them through there. If you don't find them, you can go on eBay. You might be able to find some stamps on there. You can go through a uh, stamp dealer if you can find uh, any online stamp dealers for any stamp collectors out there. Herrick Stamps is the big one that I've used before. They and I think Walmart sells them, right? Doesn't Walmart sell them as well online? I'm not sure if they do or not. I know I know Walmart sells like U.S. stamps. I don't know if they sell international uh, other countries stamps at all. But uh, yeah, you'll just I mean, you'll just need to go on and find the stamp from those countries. And to help everybody out, I have put up on my website now, dfwgraffer.com on the links and info page. I have a list of kind of the 25 most widely used countries and their prices on there for stamps. So it tells what the what denomination of stamp you'll need in that country and approximately how much it costs in U.S. dollars. You know, so, I'll put a link on our um, podcast website as well to Drew's perfect. page. Okay. Yeah. So if you guys want, but really, you got to make sure that you get a international stamp, a U.S. international stamp yes. going out. So you need to get That's a U.S. international one, yes. stamp going out, and then your safe, safe, your self-dressed stamped envelope has to have the foreign stamp on it. So those are the yep. two things that you really want to make sure. Um, I would, you know, make sure that if you're sending something out to a foreign country that it's something you don't mind losing because it, mm-hmm. you, you never know if it's going to come back or not. I, I've done Canada and I've had pretty good luck with Canada. No, Drew, what, what countries have you mailed to? Oh, let's see here. I've sent to Australia, uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Canada, um, Hong Kong, Croatia, the Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, France, uh, Japan, the Netherlands, Russia. Good luck on Russia. That's been, I, I can't even get access to their postal website right now. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. But um, Serbia, Slovenia, I think I may have sent to, yeah, I sent to Slovenia, Slovakia, Switzerland, and the UK, and maybe a couple others I'm forgetting about in there. But yeah, I've sent all over the world and had decent success on those. And, you know, if worse comes worse, if you can't get a hold of that country's postage stamps easily, you can put in U.S. currency. It's a little tougher because, I mean, you know, the players may look at it and go, screw this, I'm not going to bother, you know, exchanging it and taking it to the post office and all that, or... They may send your money right back to you and use their own stamp or something, but it's a lot more of a crapshoot at that point. So if you can get your hands on the foreign postage, do that. It would help them out a lot more. And like you said, the uh, U- the U.S. stamps to send it out there, it's a dollar forty-five for a U.S. international stamp that it out to the country that you're going to. So it costs a little bit more to do that. But on a lot of these guys, if they're in foreign countries, that's the only way you're going to have a chance of getting them. So you know. Right, and you could buy you could buy them in like books of ten or yes. twenty, I think, and they're just like forever stamps. So, uh, whatever you, whatever you pay today, those usually are good forever. So just make sure yes. it's a 
It's a forever international stamp. And that, again, that's U.S. money that you're buying from the U.S. Post Office. Yep. And you're going to mail that out. And then, uh, you know, make sure you put like do not bend or where, you know, protect your cards and all, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, as I said, I've had great luck with, with Canada. And I know Drew has done a lot of the soccer guys uh, all over the world and uh, hockey players as well. And you did some baseball players, right? You didn't you do some baseball players in Japan? Yeah, I sent over to about, I think it's six players in Japan right now, six or seven so far. I've gotten two of them back only, but that's two more than I would have expected to possibly get. So, yeah, it's uh, I know there's guys in Korea will sign usually too. So I've got uh, South Korea's on my list of uh, countries there. I've got info on Mexico there as well. The great thing is if you find any Puerto Rican baseball players, Puerto Rico is just a 63 cent U.S. stamp. They are part of the U.S. as far That's as right. the postage is concerned. All right, Drew. Thank you, guys. I will put the link on our website uh, to Drew's site that has all the information for mailing to uh, foreign countries. And if you have any questions, you just send us an email at ttmcast at yahoo.com. And Drew will answer you. Uh, he's he he's the man when it comes to mailing to foreign countries. Thanks, Drew. Thanks for your help on that one. And uh, hopefully that helped, helped you guys out. Well, next we have our interview. We have our interview with Scott Wright. Scott is co-founder of NextGem.com. NextGem.com is a free uh, app. It's it's available in the App Store, uh, in uh, your Apple App Store. And uh, you can go there and you scan your cards in and you can keep an inventory of your cards, show off your cards front and back, and you also can uh, do selling selling on, on the uh the next gem app as well so make sure uh you check that out uh, here's my interview with uh scott wright co-founder of next gem but first here's a message from our friends at csg this week's interview is brought to you by certified sports guarantee csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading 2022 was a great year for CSG. They graded iconic cards, including a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle that sold for $1.25 million at auction. Reviewed more than 1 million cards in less than two years, and they're only getting started. Take advantage of the CSG difference with grading fees 20% off through January. CSG has incredible turnaround times and state-of-the-art holders. Starting at just $12 a card, visit csgcards.com today to experience the difference. Save $10 off a yearly membership to CSG with code TTMCAST. Get your favorite cards into the industry's best holder for even less. Save $10 off your membership with code TTMCAST at csgcards.com. Joining the show on our TTM cast hotline, he's out on the road. He is in Denver doing yeoman's work. I'm talking to Scott Wright. Scott is co-founder of nextgen.com. Nextgen.com is a, uh, a trading card showcase and marketplace. I guess that's the best way to describe it. And we're going to talk to Scott about what's happening at NextGem and, and uh, all the cool things that are happening in the hobby. So welcome, Scott. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Scott, well, you guys have been around for about a little more than a year. Is that right? Yeah, the genesis of NextGem came about uh, l very late 2020, and we officially started, I think, in March 2021. When when you started to decided to build the the marketplace, and I'm going to use call it a marketplace, but it's really more of a car, trading card showcase, right? It's not really a marketplace per se. Correct. Yeah, and, and we're definitely about imaging and, and digitizing your collection, managing it and sharing it, but you can also make deals, right? That's a natural part of it, and we're not a marketplace per se, but there's still lots of deals going on through our chat right now, and uh, and we're helping people make those deals on social media as well and kind of capture that vibrant market. 
So really, would you say the goal of NextGen is to um, socialize uh, for collectors, to let them show off their their, their cards, uh, have a place to store their cards digitally, and uh, perhaps interact with other collectors? Is that is that in a nutshell? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it all starts with imaging and digitizing your collection, right? And we know what a challenge can be sometimes to get good pictures. We've seen those uh, images with the glare, the reflection, the, the light above head. So what we've done is we help you eliminate that. Uh, and you can actually snap the picture with our app from an angle where that's not a factor and it will automatically be adjusted. So you get a nice straight output and not only just to eliminate those angles, but it also you can take it at a different angle to get the best lighting, right? If you want the refractor to reflect a certain way to capture those colors and make them pop, we help you do that. And then along with that, when you image a card, you take two images, the front and back, we automatically crop it down and give you a 10 picture output with the quadrant views of both sides for inspection to really see the nitty gritty of a card. We extract information from the card and do data input for you, especially on slabs. Every piece of information from the slabs, we extract the, the name, the year, the set, right down to the grading certification number. One cool thing that I'm a fan of is on newer PSA slabs, they have that QR code on the back mm -hmm. that has a link to that card's population. So we extract that link and make it a clickable link in that card details. So when you're looking through your cards, you can just click that link and it'll open up that page in the app and you can see what the population is. So we do a lot of cool card specific tech that we've developed to help you get that best picture. And then it's about managing and sharing it. So, uh, you know, managing, having that one source of truth where your collection lives. Um, right now it's very disjointed. And I'm sure when we've made deals, what do you have? What are you interested in? You don't have in? to tell back me how disjointed forth. it is, Scott. <laughs> all, all, we cut off that back and forth. Instead of looking through your camera roll, trying to find all these pictures and find out what they're interested in, you just give them the link and they can search, sort, filter, see everything you have in high def 4K detail. And then the third leg of what we're doing is we're really helping to capture that social media. Uh, so we have uh, share builders. Uh, you click share. And if you want to do a Twitter post, Instagram post, Instagram story, if you want to share text, email, however you want to share, you can do it with a couple of clicks. And for an Instagram post, for example, we have a builder where you can select the template that best fits your card, the layout of the card. Um, and, and we automatically generate hashtags, which is so important for Instagram because the search there is just, it's so inefficient. Even if you know a card is on Instagram, it can be a challenge to locate. So having these, these hashtags they help make sure not only that you get in front of the most people, and we've been seeing that using our hashtags increases views by as low as 30% and as much as 70%. But it's not just the most views, but it's the right views. You want people who are interested in that card to see that post and be able to find it. So, so we kind of help streamline that and, and help people take advantage of, like I said, that vibrant market that happens off these marketplaces. And lots happen on marketplaces, but just as much, if not more, happens off it. And, and we want people help people do that more efficiently. You have over 50,000 cards that have been uploaded, which is uh, an impressive number for, for uh, just a little more over than a year. Uh, is it mostly graded cards or raw cards or what's the, what's the mix? Yeah, it's a mix. And we opened up wide in the app store. We were invitation only beta until July of 2022 when we were kind of working out all the kinks and making sure everything was looking good. So we've been open and wide since July. And like you said, um, we passed that $50,000 card or 50,000 card mark and, even more than like the actual number of cards, the thing I think I'm most proud of is the degree of quality. Um, and, and it, you know, there's lots of slabs. We have raw and graded and sports, non-sports, Pokemon, pop culture, any kind of card you're looking for, we have it. But 
Um, the average card value is really high. And we have some special ones, not only special cards, but collectors. Um, for example, one of our members has a Michael Jordan Ultra one of one. Um, uh, you know, we, we just have some cards that you're not going to find anywhere else. And, and that's what I'm really proud of. We have DMGs, credentials, rubies. We've, we've been really kind of focusing on kind of unearthing these rare cards that aren't always available. You know, the, the actual cards that are available on marketplaces at any given time is really low. It's a small yeah. percentage of the actual universe. And we kind of want to unearth all these cards that are living off the marketplaces and have next gen be where they live until or even if they don't go to market. You've been, you know, you guys have been up for more, more, a little more than a year. What have you learned in the past year about the collecting community that you might have not known uh, when you guys started this, you know, back in December of 2020? I think one of the biggest challenges is just been kind of education on the value of social media. And, and honestly, myself to a certain degree, because initially I was like, I don't need a lot of views on my posts. I don't need this vanity. You know, you, you feel like I don't want to be an influencer, right? That could be kind of a dirty word, an influencer. But I'm seeing the value of it. Um, for an example, I'm collecting this set. It's the 1998 Clear Brilliance Gold out of 99 set. It's pretty rare. I mean, you have to be proactive. They're not just going to always pop up on the marketplace. Right. <laughs> I'm having to kind of beat the bushes. And, and But because I'm consistently posting about my interest and people know that I'm collecting that now and I have people coming to me, I'm not even necessarily having to search for the cards. They message me. So it really just uh, makes you much more efficient when you're searching for these cards that you want, especially these rare grails. And um, so, so I guess that's my biggest takeaway is just kind of letting people know it's like, it's not about you, you thinking that you're going to be an influencer and, and the benefit, you know, it's the benefit to you to help you find the cards you're looking for. Speaking with Scott Wright, Scott is co-founder of NextGem, that's nextgem.com. It's an app. You can find him on Twitter at app. And on Instagram at NextGem app, He's, their website is nextgem.com. Their app is available to be downloaded in the App Store in the, uh, I believe, Google and in, in the Apple, right, Scott? Uh, only Apple right now. Only but, Apple uh, right now, okay. Coming later in the year. Yep, uh, that's, what, that's one of the biggest requests we've seen. It's awesome to see the demand that so many people want to use the app. So um, we, we hear that and, and we are working on an Android version. So stay tuned. Yeah, the... Uh, the Apple version is fantastic. It's very easy to use. Is that something you you tried to do on the onset is to make it really easy and simple for people, uh, you know, low bar of uh, of getting in, you know? No question. And, and you know, our, our kind of like North Star is we want to be a hobby helper. Everything we do is kind of with that in mind. We want to save people time. We want to save them money and just make them more efficient. And just little things like I talked about sharing to Instagram. Just being able to do that with a couple clicks, doing the hashtags automatically for you, it, it saves time and it adds up, right? If you do it a few times a week over the course of weeks and months, it, it really does save time. And and, um, and and having that link, that's my biggest thing. I put my, my collection link in all my social media bios. So when people stumble upon me on social media, they can look at my cards and see what I'm into. And, uh, and, and it's definitely helped me making deals, though. That's the biggest thing is just, you know, being able to pass out that link. And it's like, tell me what you're interested in. Right, do you guys generate revenue via uh, sales from collector A to collector B, or, or how are you generating revenue uh, from the site? Yeah, right now the app is 100% free, and, and we've just really been focused to this point on, on kind of building this amazing ecosystem of not only great cards, but the people who own them. And our thought has always been there's a lot that you can do once you have that. So obviously we're a business, we, ha we have plans to monetize, and we're kind of kind of 
picking and choosing the, the best way to do that. But but the app is 100% free right now. You can use it uh, um, free of charge and uh, and get all the benefits uh, and benefits. One of the cool things that I love that you guys started uh, this year is the 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 Jemmys, the the Jemmy Awards. Is <laughs> tell us a little about that. And uh, did we have we picked some winners yet? Yes, absolutely. Uh, they we actually uh, unveiled the winners right after the beginning of the year, and it was a really fun um, kind of promotion. And it was a great way to highlight some of these amazing cards and collections that we had on the app. Uh, we had 15 categories, certainly like best card in each, uh, each genre, basketball card, best Pokemon card, et cetera. But then we highlighted the people too. We highlighted the best team collection. Um, we had, um, uh, we have a guy on the app. Uh, we have a lot of great player collectors. We have people who collect Ricky Henderson and uh, Patrick Ewing and just have an incredible collections. So we wanted to highlight those people and then, of course, the, the big one was best card at the end, uh, which was won by a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle, of course, right? It's the the great one, and and that was wait, a special wait, that moment. That is, is card of the year. We have we have deemed that card of the year for 2022. Would you agree? <laughs> it's it's the Mona Lisa. I think it's the card of the year every year, isn't it? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, sometimes um, it's the Hornus Wagner card. Sometimes it's the, the, the Michael Jordan rookie card. It's been the Ken Griffey 1989 upper deck card, but. And all the talk and definitely and I, on the Mount Rushmore. I knew, I knew you were at the uh the national last this past year and how everyone there was not one person that went to, did not go to see that 1952 uh card that heritage auctioned off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that was that was my thing at the national. Personally, I had one goal is I wanted to see the mantles that they had on display there in person. And so I got to see the PSA 10 and the SGC 95. And I don't know if I kind of thought the SGC 95 looked a little better. I don't know. I, I don't agree. know. That's my personal opinion on it. <laughs> it's it's nuanced, you know, it's it's close, but uh if I had to pick one, I might have went with the 95. But uh, but yeah, that was definitely a special moment too. Like when the first that first mantle came onto the app. That was kind of like uh one of those uh special moments when like, okay, now we got something when we see cards like that coming on. Have you started seeing uh, more traction in the second half of 2022 and into 2023? Uh, is the, in your mind, do you think the hobby is still growing? Uh, absolutely, our numbers are definitely ticking up. Um, we've definitely seen that, and and especially the high end of the market. You know, um, you know the the really high end cards are still performing really strong, and and that's one. You know, we're kind of leaning into some of those. Um, you know, we probably have one of the best sources of, of precious metal gems and credentials and rubies um, anywhere. I don't know that you could go to any other platform and find as many as we have. And, and they're not all necessarily available. Some of them are personal collections, but um, some of these cards, like if you want to see a Ken Griffey Jr. precious metal gem, we've got a member who has one. And let me tell you, it's gorgeous. I've scanned a few cards this morning just to just just to reacquaint myself with the the app. I mean, I've I've been using it uh, sparingly, but I've been using it. I'm very familiar with it. And one of the things uh, uh, I noticed that basically, I, I know, I think I scanned five or six cards, and the, the app pretty much knew the year of the card and 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 who, what the player was. You know, you scan the front and the back. Is uh, how many cards are in your database, and is it difficult? Um, to differentiate some of these new the newer cards with the different variations that are out there. <laughs> yes, very much so. And and as a card person, like I understand like what a problem that is identifying rock cards. I mean, you know how it is. We have trouble even if we are looking at it. It's still yep. tough to identify some of these prism. Is it the green ice or green? I can't grass tell ice or... the prism concourse from the prism uh, premium for the prism whatever. I, the, those the the select those three select levels. I just cannot. I never can get those. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I mean, that's obviously the highest degree of difficulty. But when we first started talking about extracting this data from raw cards and doing that for people, especially the main ones, the year, the name, the set, the card number, I was kind of dubious, right? Because I knew how many different possibilities there were. But I got to say, it's pretty good. Um, it's doing a pretty good job. Um, the variation is one we're still working on, but it does a good job on the year, name, set, card number. So we kind of streamlined that for you. And that's another example. It adds up, you know, if you have to only enter one category instead of six and we're constantly improving. So I've been pleasantly surprised with that, that rock hard OCR and um, props to our tech people who've kind of done a good job of uh, figuring out that problem. One of the things that, that I'd like to see in the app, and I don't know if this is something you're planning and we'll, we can talk about that a little later, but um, is being able to take the images off a, a camera roll already. You know, I, I take all, so many pictures of all the cards when I come in, my, my TTM request, uh, successes. So I have all these cards already, uh, you know, in my camera roll, but then I put my cards away. So, so I would love to be able to just grab those pictures right off of the camera roll and add them to my uh, my showcase. Is that something that that's, you guys are planning uh, for the next, you know, 2023? Faster. Uh, mind meld. We have actually been working on that. It is coming very soon. I, as we're recording this, I want to say in the next maybe couple of weeks, possibly, because that's something else we've heard, right? A lot of people have said that I already have pictures. I don't want to re-image them. And a lot of people have cards in vaults, right? So they don't have access to the cards necessarily to image them, but they can screenshot their vault pictures. So yes, absolutely. That was one of the big requests we've heard from people and um, it is coming very soon. And, and we're excited about that because like you say, a lot of people have pictures and we want those cards that are in vaults. We want those to be represented on the app as well. So coming very soon. You're on the road today. Uh, you're out in Denver, Colorado. Hopefully it's not as cold and snowy as it is here in, in Boston. Um, but one of the services that I didn't know guys, you guys offered was, you know, you have a, a big collector that you're going out and, and, and digitizing his collection and bringing it into the app. Is that something that, that uh, you offer for, for other collectors? And uh, what are some of the cool cards that, they, that you've scanned so far? Yeah, absolutely. So we do this special white glove onboarding surface for special collections. And um, I'm out here in Denver. Um, actually, I haven't scanned the first one yet. After this, I'm heading over to his place and we're going to start scanning. And literally, I'm going to spend the next three days scanning all his cards. Uh, I think it's at least 1,200 cards. And I mean, it's Tom Brady contenders, rookies. It's Josh Allen RPAs. I mean, it's just it's all awesome, sick stuff. So be sure to uh, uh, to, to check out the app. And yeah, um, and that this way, you know, because we want these amazing cards and collections on the app. So um, however we can help facilitate that, we're happy to do. So if you have a huge collection and uh, you're interested, hit me up. I'm Scott Wright MN on so all social media. And, uh, you know, we can look into possibly doing it for you as well. We're talking to Scott Wright. Scott Wright is co-founder of NextGem. That's N-E-X-T-G-E-M. It's a free app. You can go to nextgem.com. It's on their website. They also are in the App Store. There, you can follow them on Twitter at NextGem. The NextGem app. I'm going to get it right, Scott. I promise. <laughs> NextGem app. And on Instagram at NextGem app. Uh, Scott, you know you have over fifty thousand cards uploaded. Uh, what are the the most popular cards in terms of got the most interaction in response on, on social media in the in the past year? Well, certainly that Michael Jordan one of one. Um, that that's that's a card that, in fact, um, that was a uh, our member uh, Waldorf Stories Grant Slayton. For those in the card world, might be familiar with him. And I actually have a personal story with that card because at the national before it started, that was the first card graded at the national this year. 
And Grant, on his way back from the PSA booth to pick it up and to his table, he passed me and he stopped and showed it to me. So I was one of the first people to see that card in Very a slab. Cool. So, so that's definitely the one that stands out because you know, this, I think it was a 97 or 98 Ultra Jordan. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's like, it's one of those cards, like somebody's probably been looking for that card for 25 years, right? And yep. it's literally a multi-million dollar card and it's, it's hard to put an exact number on it, right? It's so rare. It's one of those that it's worth either whatever the owner says it's worth or whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. And the valuations kind of vary, but um, so that's one that stands out. Um, one of my personal favorites is uh, we have a Kobe Bryant rookie credentials. That's a BGS 9.5. And for anybody who's familiar with that set and how it was constructed, knows how condition sensitive that set is. So a 9.5 is pretty special. And my favorite part of it is it's serial number 23 out of 4.99. So it's got a little Michael Jordan connection there, sure. his uh, hero. And so, so that's one that definitely stands out. But I mean, I could go on and on. I mentioned that Ken Griffey Jr. Precious Metal Gem. Um, we have a Brett Favre Green Precious Metal Gem, the highest graded version of it, which I think at one point had the record for the most valuable modern football card. So, I mean, these are just ones off the top of my head. There's literally thousands of cards like that. Do you have a lot of uh, pre-war cards in your database as well? The Gaudis and the T206s, are those there as well? We do. In fact, uh, we have this one member who has a T206 collection, and he actually purchased a lot of them from the David Hall collection, who was with PSA in the early days, and he graded a lot of these T206 cards so he bought those from his collection. And in a lot of cases, they're the highest graded examples of those T206 cards. So absolutely, we've got those cigarette era cards. We've got the vintage, which are just huge. I mentioned the 52 Tops Mantle. We've got uh, uh, we got a PSA 9 Wilt Chamberlain rookie, which is one that I'm always a, a big fan of. I just think that looks incredible. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Modern, vintage, any kind of card you're interested in, you, you, we got you on next show. How um, long does it take to, for a new release to get into your system? So, you know, the, the Tops 2023 Series 1 is coming out February 15th. Is that going to be in the system by March 1st? Or when, how long does it take for the new releases to get into the system? Yeah, and, and one of the great things is we're not necessarily dependent on getting the checklist per se because we're just taking the information right off the card. Um, so... I mean, as soon as they're ready, we can start extracting information and, and we constantly get better. Once it sees a card more, it's going to get better knowing where certain uh, data points are. But but yeah, um, as soon as card, you can scan any card and you, as soon as release day, it should have the same results as as uh, when the checklist is out. So it'll so if I get uh, when I, I get a new card in from from where whatever set I open a box and I want to scan in my my 10 favorite cards. Um, it, it will automate, it will see those cards and, and pre-populate it, or we're still, you still to the point where you're going to have to populate it. Like, I think one card I scanned and I forget which card it was, um, but I had to, I had to populate it in order. It was, it was the Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, uh, Michael, uh, Dr. J, Larry Bird, Dr. J magic rookie card. It didn't, mm. it couldn't tell that it was that card for some reason, but it, you know, the information was in there, but I, I had to, I had to populate those fields. Okay, good. Good to know. And like I said, the raw, it was a raw card, obviously. Yeah, raw card. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and it might have, one of the problems we've seen too that we're working on is when there's multiple players on the same card. So that might have been the issue on that one. But uh, that's a good note. I will make a note of that. But but yeah. And and like I say, it's constantly improving and and getting better with that raw card OCR to populate those fields. And there there definitely will be cases where you want to double check it just to make sure um, and the variation. But but by and large, I think we're at about 80, 75, 80 percent accuracy in general. That's very cool. We're talking with Scott Wright. Scott is co-founder of Next Gem. That's Next, N-E-X-T, Gem, G-E-M, all one word on there. 
website, nextgem.com. The app is available in the app store, your app store. There's no charge to use it. It's very, very easy to use. And I think, Scott, I want to say that your scanner is probably the best scanner that I've used. And I've used a lot of the different scanners in terms of capturing the, the image and the quality of the image and the ease of use. Uh, it was fairly quick to, to scan the card. So I want to compliment you on that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And, and that was something we, and it took a lot of technical development and, but that was one of the original problems we set out to solve because we were frustrated by seeing listings that had just a front picture of a card, right? We want, we want good pictures of the front and the back. We saw those glare. So we, we wanted to help kind of, uh, kind of fix that. So, um, uh, that's great to hear that, that you're finding success, get those pictures and, uh, and because uh, it, it makes a difference, right? Especially whether you just want to show it off, but even if you want to sell it, I appeal goes a long way. So to, to have that, that payload of, of awesome pictures um, goes a long way. Is, are you surprised at how much sales uh, interaction is on, on the site? Because you really weren't started as, as being a marketplace, but um, are you surprised how much sales uh, traffic goes on on the site? Very much so. I, I'm stunned by like some of the, the deals that are happening on the app, because like you said, we purposefully have not wanted to be a marketplace per se. A lot of people are doing that. But what we've discovered is, and, and we knew this before, that by and large, I mean, buying and selling cards is a huge piece of the hobby. So even though we're not a marketplace, we definitely want to have ways to support that. And we might support it more formally down the line. But right now, people are just kind of like they would do through DMs and chat. And you know, one little anecdote, kind of a perfect story of, of what we want to do at Next Gem. There was a, a guy who back in the late 90s, or actually, I think he pulled it in 2003. He had a blaster box from Target, and he pulled a Derek Jeter precious metal gem. And he had this card for all these years. And just last year, he took it to his local card shop, and the guy graded it for him. And I believe it came back a PSA 7. But anyways, uh, this local card shop scanned it onto Next Gem for him. And within 24 hours, he had sold that card after a bidding war for double his initial asking price. Wow. So that, that like just sums up everything we want to do, right? It, it, it unearthed this rare card that was really desirable that nobody knew where it was. We unearthed it. We found that, that owner potential buyers and we got him an awesome outcome. So everybody was super happy at the end. So it's like that kind of summed up exactly what we'd like to do at Next Gem. One of the things that that I've always worried about, you knowing I would say always worried, but say in the last ten years, is that uh, our hobby was at one point was really skewing older, right? It was guys like my age. It was it was the fifty to sixty to seven year old guys that collected and, and, and hoarded their cards, just like me. <laughs> and then yeah. in the last in the last five years, I think it's we've been skewing a lot younger, right? We've got a lot of a lot of uh, college age kids and, and and teenage kids that are getting into cards. Or do you do you see your demographics switching as as well since you started a year and a half ago to to today? Are you skewing a little younger? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it always warms my heart when I go to a card show and I see all the young people there. And I always say, if anybody thinks the hobby is dying, go to a card show and and look at all these savvy young collectors out there wheeling and dealing and. Um, and, and, you know, I always say the hobby is so great for young people. It just teaches so many extremely valuable life lessons um, in terms of money management, communication, negotiations, um, on and on. Um, so I, I love seeing that. And, uh, and it, it's going to be interesting. You know, like you say, there's a lot of young collectors in it now. And, and I, I'm, you know, the, the classic story is, oh, yeah, I got to high school. Then I fell out for a little bit. And then 10 years later, I came back and started collecting again. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see if we see that similar phenomenon now with all these people who've gotten into it. Will they fall out in 10 years now? Are they going to be 
coming back in. Cause I think that's kind of what's spurring some of these nineties cards that are, you know, selling for record values because the people who have the fondest memories of those cards now are at a place in their life where they can afford it. And they want to kind of complete that childhood dream and get these cards that they never could have had as kids. So I, I think that's a perpetuating cycle, right? Um, yep. There's always going to be a new generation. So, um, and we've been around the hobby long enough, Jeff, we know it ebbs and flows at the market. You know, it's, there's, there's always a lot of doomsdayers. The hobby's dead. It's dying. It comes right. back. It's, it's cyclical. I always tell people, I go, don't worry about the value. The value will come. Collect what you like. Have fun. If you're in it just for the, do the dollar, you're not going to be in it for too long because it's not that type of hobby, right? Yep. And those people get weeded out pretty quick, right? I mean, the people who are in it just to make a quick buck now, those days are over at the moment and they're getting weeded out. So, um, you know, and it's, it's the people who really love the cards and want to actually keep the cards and not just flip them right away, you know, they're the ones that are going to stay in this long term and they're the base, but but then you do have those spikes where people come back and they their interest is reignited and they become passionate again. And that's when we start seeing what happened last year. There was one back in the 90s, et cetera. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cyclical. And um, I'm still very bullish on the card market generally, um, in particular, Fanatics. Um, you know, I think Fanatics is going to be great for the hobby, specifically on marketing. Um, I believe in the yeah, and I think growing, I think Scott growing the hobby in that that younger generation, making the availability of cards and uh, their distribution efforts, and I think it, I think, uh, you know, people people are kind of chicken little, like the the roof, the, the the sky is falling because they're they're looking to control everything. But if you remember when we were kids, tops controlled everything, and it seemed seemed to work out just fine, right? <laughs> And Fanatics is going to throw like 15x the marketing budget at the card world yeah. compared to what they used compared to what other companies used in the past. So, um, you know, they're all about growing the hobby, and, and that's going to, you know, the what, what's that about the, the high tide raises all ships or something like that? You know, it's going to help everybody bring in all these people. And I hope there's going to be card shops in every sport, pro sports stadium across the country, and I hope sports cards are omnipresent. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the I'm on the the end of like let's make cards available to everyone. There's still room to have those high end cards where the breakers get involved in, but you know the base sets, the 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 the, the you know the top series and uh, football series, not that kind of stuff. There should just there should be base sets that that guys can kids can go out and collect and not have to spend ten thousand dollars to get a set of cards, right? And put the rare cards, some of at least some of the rare cards in that product, right? So I love seeing people pulling one of ones from right. uh, Wander Franco's from Walmart hangers, right? I know some people got upset about that. Oh, those cards should be in the hobby product, but I, I want to see those cards. At least everybody should have a chance at those, right? Or some of them at least. Well, I mean, Topps has had some problems this year, this past year, and we'll we'll, we'll put them in quotes, <laughs> right? With uh, you know, not including the the rookie cards in the series two to um, numbering problems uh, of, of cards. So hopefully that they can get all that stuff behind them and keep the hobby moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we're in for a very exciting next 10 years in the hobby. I really do. I think this is just the beginning. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, I have a horse in the race and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm a little biased, but um, and, and just as a card fan in general, I, I love cars and I always see the best in it. But uh, I think there's plenty of reason to believe there's lots of bright days ahead for the card world. Um, do you think that, uh, you know, I, what I was going to say is that Next Gem is an app, right? It's not like when you write a book and then you print it and it's done. You can't change it. You can't update it. The beauty part of Next Gem and, and apps like yours is that you can make changes on the run. What are some of the new changes that, that you expect in, in uh, 2023 to to make the app even better? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we got a lot of stuff coming. I mentioned the ability to upload images uh, instead of just scan cards. That's coming soon. Um, we're, we're doing some real kind of a user interface upgrades where we're combining some features just to make it a little easier to find where things are. We're combining the profile page and the My Collection. Uh, we have a new onboarding tour. So when people sign up for the app, it kind of takes them through all the different features. So they kind of get a, an intro on how to use all the, the cool stuff that we can do. So so that kind of stuff is on the forefront, but we have literally years of roadmap and we have lots of fun stuff uh, planned. So uh, the first big thing coming is that image upload, but stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be announcing a lot more, um, especially at the National in July. We'll be set up there again as well and um, lots of uh, fun plans coming. So stay tuned. We're speaking with Scott Wright. Scott Wright is co-founder of NextGem. That's N-E-X-T-G-E-M, nextgem.com. I'll get it, Scott, I promise. <laughs> that is his website. You can go learn about the app if you haven't, haven't uh, this first time you heard about it. Go to nextgem.com to learn about it. You can download the app free in the um, uh, Apple Store, the App Store. You can follow them on Twitter at app. And at Instagram at Next Gem App, they're on Facebook as well. And uh, Scott has been being holding the banner and, and being the, <laughs> the guy that's screaming about the hobby and telling everyone about, about Next Gem. And we're glad to talk to him about what's going on with the app. And uh, it, it's kind of cool. One of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, is there a fee that you guys get for uh, if you if I if I sell a card uh, through the app, do you guys... Uh, generate a fee is there a fee for that is a based on percentages of one a dollar fee and uh how, how is that handled yeah right now if you make a deal on next gem it's 100 free it would just be like if you're making a deal on twitter or instagram you would just message the person and and we are looking at some ways because like i said you know some people want some more formal rate ways to make a transaction maybe some more security with using a certain type of payment method so we are looking into ways of of doing that but um but uh, yeah, we're just more about connecting people to, to make those deals. And, and if, if you want to do it more formally, I think we're going to have that eventually. But right now, it's just, um, yeah, collect with your fellow, connect with your fellow collector and, and, and make the deal. All right. When I talk to you next year, Scott, and we, we, we look back in, in the year, what would you like to see? Uh, what, how would you like NextGem to be positioned in, in 12 months from now? And what are your goals for the, for the app? Yeah, I guess looking back, I just would like us to, I hope that we can educate and really show people the value of using our social media tools. That's the one thing, if I could snap my fingers and say a year from now, we've accomplished that. I, because I think once people understand what that value is, and it's not just about vanity and getting a lot of views, once they understand the value of those views and they, and they see the results of these cards they're looking for starting coming to them, and they're maybe avoiding some of these marketplace fees in the process, I think that's a game changer. And we've heard that from so many of our members where uh, once they've seen the results, they're they're just ecstatic. So I think that's the biggest thing is just kind of overcoming that hurdle to, to educate on why it's important. And uh, and so that, that would be the biggest thing. Uh, and then also I'm excited for Android. I just know how many, just through the requests from people, how many awesome collector, collections, collectors, and cards are out there on Android. So I think that's going to open up a whole new world for us. And as many cool, rare cards and members as we have now, I think that's going to multiply it. So um, those are the two biggest things that I'm, uh, I guess I'm really excited for off the top of my head for the near future. Uh, is there, forgive me, because I, I haven't dove too deep into the app, but again, I have used it and I'm going to use the social media stuff because uh, I'm learning about that a little more today. So I'm really excited about that. But is there a way to um, collect, uh, connect collectors, right? I'm a Kendrick 
Ken Griffey Jr. collector, and that's all I collect. But I want to I want to be I want to find out who else are Ken Griffey Jr. collectors. Is there a way to 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 network and to create a a social marketplace or a social place where 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 we all can meet? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can follow other members on the app and we're still working on implementing kind of ways to kind of use those follows and kind of push the new content that people you follow to you. So so there's going to be more benefits from following people coming soon, but but then just the search too. So we have a really rich sort, search sort and filter. So let's say Ken Griffey Jr. You can search for Ken Griffey Jr. And it's going to show you everything. Um, but But not only can you search for cards, but you can search for members. And one cool thing we do is you fill out your profile in NextGem. You can fill out, obviously, what you collect, your avatar, a little bit about you, put in your social media links, put in your marketplace handles. You can put in your eBay link. You can put in your MySlabs link. And you can search cross-platform. So let's say I know what you are on Twitter, but I was like, oh, I wonder if he's on eBay. I could find you on Twitter, and I could also find your eBay account. Because a lot of times those they're different, right? So right. being able to just find these people across the different platforms is one of the cool things we're doing to connect them um, and to make deals. Um, so yeah, absolutely that cross-platform search. So if you know somebody's Instagram, you can find out what they are on eBay, MySlabs, or Twitter, or any combination of that. So yeah, our search is just really rich, and, and that's the way we're really helping connect people right now. Very cool, Scott. Scott, where is Next Gem going to be in terms of shows? Are you going to be exhibiting any shows uh, in 2023 that that people can stop by and meet you and learn a little more about Next Gem? Yeah, absolutely. So the first, next few on the horizon, we're going to be at the Mint Collective um, in uh, Las Vegas at the end of March, early April. Uh, we actually have a Minnesota card show coming in April, uh, which is we haven't really had one. We have a really huge card community in Minnesota, but we haven't had a big show. This is going to be a 300 plus table national show. So, um, you know, I, I don't have any involvement with it, but I'm just uh, I want a lot of cool people to come in and have a good time at the show. We'll be set up there. Then, of course, the National in Chicago. Um, we're going to be set up again with our friends, the uh, Piece of the Game card shop out of Wappingers Falls, New York, in the corporate area right in the center. Uh, so come talk to us, uh, talk about cards. We'll show you about the app. And last year, our members were really kind. They let us bring some just bananas, awesome cards with to display to kind of uh, give people a taste of the type of cards they'd see on the app. So um, just millions and millions of dollars of cards we had in the case kind of flexing a little bit. So um, hopefully we'll do something similar. So, uh, yeah, those, those are the appearances on the immediate horizon very cool do you have any uh famous uh members famous people that are registered that that you might want to let it that we can uh know about maybe you know maybe like a pat nishak who's a collector or um you know uh, blaze jordan who played for the place of red sox as a collector do you have any fa- famous uh registered members that you, that you can tell us about <laughs> yeah um you know i i get more excited about the card the card famous people, right? I mentioned Grant Slayton, Waldorf stories. Um, so he's one. So some of these like famous card people, Spinatron has an account, guys like that I get excited about. Um, I guess one anecdote, I think I'm all right saying it. One of our early investors was actually Matthew Barry from uh, the sure. fancy football expert. Of course, he goes on, wait, he goes on my Mount Rushmore. He's oh, him, awesome. him and him and Bill Simmons and Howard Stern are on my Mount Rushmore in terms of uh, interviewing and broadcasting. I think they're the best. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to get his collection on the app. He's got some cards back from when he was a child uh, back in the 70s. And obviously, he's been very busy the last few months with football. But after the football season, we're going to connect and, and get his uh, collection on the app. So so that's probably going to be one that's going to stand out. Well, you know what? I'm, I am I might have a hold you, too, to see if I can get Matt on the show. I'd, lo- I'd love to talk to him about collecting and, and fantasy football and fantasy baseball and stuff. He's, he's one of my guys. 
I'll see what I can do about making a connection. All right. Thank you, Scott. We're talking with Scott Wright. Scott Wright is co-founder of NextGem.com. It's NextGem. It's a great app. It is a free app, guys. Free. F-R-E-E. No, no charge. It's very, very easy to use. Basically, what you do is you, you, you download the, the app from the App Store. You put in the, your profile. It takes about, I don't know, five minutes, right, Scott? Five, 10 minutes, yeah. maybe? Yep. And be sure to fill it out because like I said, there's benefit for people being able to find you. So put in all those social media handles and, and in your profile, you don't even have to put in the whole link. All you got to do is put in your handle and we'll automatically make the link for you. Yep. Then what you do is you you um, op- you open the app, you hit a button that says get to scan the cards. And then this this uh, picture comes on, on your phone if it uses your camera and it, scan- it finds your card for you. And if there's not a card there, it starts yelling at you. It says, I can't find a card. <laughs> and if you scan the front of the card, you scan at the back of the card, and then you go in and you can put all the pertinent information uh, that, that you want. And it kind of put goes into a queue. And then when then when you fill all the information, all you do is just hit upload, uploads it right into your your uh, collection, and then your collection's right there. It's really fun. It's easy to use. And I'm gonna dig a little deeper in terms of the social media stuff that Scott was talking about. And you can also. Uh, connect with other, other collectors, which is nice. So you can show off your stuff. You can store your stuff. It's really, is no, I was going to ask you, is there a, um, an output a way that you can output it into Excel or some other uh, format so that uh, if you want to inventory your collection, you know, for insurance purposes or, or uh, appraisal purposes, you, you, have all, you can have all that information handy. Is that something that's available? Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely a feature that has been requested and it's going to be coming. It's not available yet, but it's coming because in each card record, we have that those basic card title fields, the year, the year player set, et cetera. But then we also have other fields where you can enter how much you paid. Where did you get it from? Um, condition notes, you know, just stuff so that you can refer to go back. Oh, what was the problem with that card? So yeah, we have all this information that you can kind of really track every nitty gritty detail of your card and um, yeah, absolutely. So then having the ability to export that information will be coming. Absolutely. All right, guys. Scott Wright, co-founder, NextGem. Check it out. Try it. It's fun. It's free. It's easy, right? Fun, free, and easy. That, that's, a good, that's a good recipe, it sounds like to me. <laughs> I agree. Guys, check it out. NextGem. It's N-E-X-T-G-E-M. Go check it out. Go to nextgem.com. Com. Scott, why don't you give out your um, your email address if someone has a question that they want to uh, send to you about NextGem. Yeah, absolutely. I'm scott at nextgem.com. And you can also find me on the app or any social media. I'm Scott Wright MN uh, across all of those. And I just want to thank you too, Jeff, for having us. And thanks for everything you do for the hobby. No problem. I appreciate it. It was great to finally meet you and share a little, uh, learn about what's going on in NextGem. It's a fun app, guys. Give it a try. Check it out. It's not going to cost you anything. You can scan in eight or 10 cards, check it out, see how it goes. Try out the social media end of it, which I'm going to do and see if we can, we can get some more followers and some more listeners, which would be nice. Scott, I thank you for your time. It was a great uh, pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. Next Gem is a great app. It's free. Give it a try. Uh, you can send Scott a, a, a follow them on uh, social media. Send Scott a message. So you heard him on a TTM cast. It, it's a really fun app. Um, and then, you know, we'll, what we'll do every week, every Wednesday, we're going to have new different interviews, new interviews uh, from people. We have uh, all sorts of, I've got an author that I talked to, we'll, get, we'll have him next week. I have a couple of former uh, players that, that I'm going to have, that we're going to have on. So we'll have all sorts of fun interviews as well as hobby professionals and maybe a few collectors here. Drew, a couple things for the weekend. 
CSG is going to be at Front Row Card Show in Las Vegas this weekend. If you're going to the Front Row Card Show in Las Vegas, make sure you stop by. So say hello to CSG. They're actually uh, taking submissions there as well, and they have contests and giveaways. So make sure you check that out. Uh, the Cranston, Rhode Island show at Coventry, Rhode Island is this weekend. It is at Coventry, Rhode Island. It is their 47th year doing a show. It's a great small show. I think they have a, a couple, 200 dealers. And I know Ross Brooks from former Bruin goalie and pa uh, Patrick Stewart. Oh, Paul Stewart, right? Paul, yep, Paul Stewart. Paul Stewart. Paul Stewart, the former uh, referee and NHL player. He played for Quebec. will be there signing autographs. And then they might have a couple other guys as well. So that show is going is going to be on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. I believe it is $6 admission. So if you're in the Rhode Island area, check out the uh, Coventry Rhode Island. Uh, the, it's the Cranston Rhode Island High School. Cranston Island show. I'll get it right, Drew. Cranston yeah. Island show at the Coventry High School in Rhode Island. So make sure you check that out. Do you have any plans for the weekend, my friend? I don't. I just got my stamps in, so I'm probably going to be uh, cranking out a bunch of requests. I've got about 12 envelopes that are already uh, addressed and ready to go. I just need to write the letters out and stick the stamps on, and they'll be good. But, yeah, that's about it. Just going to do, uh, do a whole lot of writing, I think. All right, so make sure you listen to our show on Saturday. This show, this Saturday, we have uh, author and collector Dave Bell, who's going to be on. We're going to talk to him about his new book about spotting fakes. And Les Wolf. Les Wolf is coming on to talk about what's going on in the hobby and give his views, his unique views. We also have all our regular segments, right, Drew? We do indeed. Baker's Dozen will cover all of the news from the hobby over the previous week. As you said, more from Les with Les Wolf joining us in Collector's Corner with Dave Bell. We'll have a contest winner to be announced. We've got some uh, five by seven photos that are signed. Uh, three of those will be given away, given to us by 757shows.com. If you want to enter for your chance to win that, send us an email at ttmcast.com. Just put in there a uh, contest drawing, something like that in the subject line so we know what it's for and send us your name and address and we'll pick a winner for those. We'll have Making the Grade. We'll talk about all things in the world of grading. We've got the stamp of approval where Jeff and I give a thumbs up to something or other from our life from the previous week. It could be just about anything. You never know what you're going to get from us. Maybe food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of food. A lot of food ends up on there. Uh, we got the Vern Rap Minute where we cover deaths in the world of sports, celebrity music, movies, politics, whatever. Anybody that you might be TTMing, if they've died, we're going to cover it. Make sure you're aware of it. And, of course, the main reason why we're here for this show and why you're subscribing to us and tuning in are TTM Returns. That's right, guys. That's TTM Cast. New shows posted every Saturday. You can go to ttmcast.com or ttmcast.podbean.com. And it's available anywhere podcasts are, including Apple and, and Google and all, all the, the podcast places. Uh, next Wednesday on TTMcast one-on-one, -on -one, we will have author Doug Wedge, who's written a brand new book. And we're going to give away a copy of his book as well. It's called Pinnacle at, on the Mound. Cy Young Award winners talk baseball. So I'm going to give away a copy of Doug's book next week. And we'll have him on Wednesday to talk about his book and talk a little baseball. Um, I think that's it, Drew. Anything else you want to add before we, we close it out? No, no. Just uh, looking forward to our Saturday show as always. Got a few uh, in-person things to talk about there. So not going to say much about those. Just tune in. You'll find out about them, though. That's right. Okay, guys, we will talk to you on Saturday. Wishing everyone many happy returns. We'll see you on Saturday. Be good. Hey.